You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph. I have a special guest here with me today that I am so excited to talk to because we tried to do this earlier in the year, but she got super sick. So now we're finally here and ready to go. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steph, for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited because I've been listening to your podcast for a while and I feel so honored to be here. So thank you. Um, So my name is Ivy. I'm known as Ivy the Occultist on YouTube and I have an Instagram that I just started for the YouTube channel as well. I feel like I've kind of become known as like the chaos magic girl, even though <laughs> I, I kind of practice a lot of different things. I've done, I've been in the occult community for about 15, almost 20 years now, which is insane. But I mean, I do witchcraft, I'm into chaos magic, I'm into paganism, and I'm a shamanic practitioner as well. I was a Kabbalist at one point and a ceremonial magician at one point. So, oh, I'm a psychic as well. There's just, you know, a lot of things that go into my (laughs) practice. So what I do is I decided to start a YouTube channel and just kind of use that as a platform for all of my musings, my occult musings, I guess, and just kind of putting all of it on one channel. And yeah, so that's me, I guess. That's wonderful though, because I love isn't like the definition of chaos magic is that you have all of these things that you like love and do and use and try. Uh, Yes. I find that fascinating. And obviously other people do too, because your YouTube channel grew so fast. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I honestly, I'm such an introvert and this was just a passion project for me. And now I'm talking to way more people than I'm ever used to. So it's helping me get out of my awkward self a little bit, uh, which is really good (laughs) for personal development, I guess. But yeah, it's been growing crazy fast, which is so surprising to me. I don't even like know that many people in real life. So yeah, it's been (laughs) cool. I'm so excited for that because I we met through YouTube and I started watching when your channel was still pretty small. So I am so thrilled that everybody found you and resonate with what you have to say, because you do share a lot of really helpful, detailed information. And I'm glad that people are finding it. Thank you. That is so nice of you to say. Yeah, I I just feel like I'm that type of person that I've never been able to really commit to one particular thing. Hence, you know, being a chaos magician or a chaos witch or however somebody wants to identify themselves with chaos magic, but that was the one thing that really drew me to chaos magic was the fact that I could play around with different pantheons. I can play around with different magical systems. I can really go down all these different avenues and not feel like I'm crazy. There's actually a label for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's been nice kind of exploring all those different paths. I, okay, great. Cause I have so many questions to get into with you. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> First, I want to get into your story, of course, about how you sort of ended up here and how you started. But first, I just want to ask, because this came up, because I did a Chaos Magic episode, but on my own, and I, you listened to it, I ran it past you, I was like, are we good? Did I share all correct information? And you gave me the, the thumbs up. But that yes. was like basics. And then something that came up along with that was the question, what's the difference between Chaos Magic then and Eclectic Witchcraft? So I'm going to hand that over to you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Where do you, do you want me to start with that question first? Because I can definitely, okay. Let's, let's start there of like, what is, if you're going to call it chaos magic, why is that different just based on what you do than eclectic witchcraft? 
Yeah. Okay. So there's a bunch of different facets to this. And if I were to sit down and think about it, I'm sure my answer would probably be a lot different after I had days to mull it over, but just kind of off the top of my head, eclectic witchcraft is taking a bunch of different ideas and practices from different witchcraft traditions, but it's still at the end of the day, witchcraft. Whereas chaos magic, chaos magic is not really a magical practice in itself. It's more of like a way of perceiving magic, a way of operating like a perspective. And so you can pair chaos magic with witchcraft. You can pair chaos magic with ceremonial magic, although that would be kind of weird, but you get my point that you can kind of pair it with other magical traditions and chaos magic in itself. It's not just witchcraft. It's all these different things that you can do with it. I mean, anything in the spiritual realm beyond witchcraft, if we're talking like, you know, shamanic practices or hermetic Kabbalah or certain paganism practices, um, chaos magic kind of encompasses a perspective of looking at magic and also just being able to bounce between all these different uh pantheons and magical traditions versus not like eclectic witchcraft would be just staying within witchcraft which is more like low magic versus you know high magic does that make sense did that even make sense to you <laughs> yeah, yeah it absolutely did that was a okay. great yeah that was a great answer for that because you know a lot of what i focus on is just that you know, low magic witchcraft side. And yes. I don't do so much of like the ceremonial witchcraft. So it's really interesting to hear from people who do that and have that as part of their life and their practice. Yes. So thank yes. you for that. <laughs> okay, good. I, back, like I said, if, back if to I... your story, oh. uh, which I, uh, so you said that you have been part of the sort of occult community for almost 20 years. How did that start for you? Oh, yeah. So I think I was like, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 15, that age range, I got into witchcraft. And um, I never went down the Wiccan route, though. I was never a Wiccan, even though that was really kind of, I mean, you know, that was the only thing available to us. Impressive that (laughs) that you avoided that. Wow. Okay. I was so, I have always been that person to innately reject any sort of dogma. I didn't want people telling me what to do. I didn't want to have to worship somebody. I was so against all of that. And so I spent my whole life searching for the truth only to find that there really is no truth in in my perception and that all truths are true at the same time. Anyways, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But I was going to say that was like chaos magic in two sentences. (laughs) Nice, nicely done. Yeah, it can be a real mind trip. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, I started with witchcraft and a little bit of ceremonial magic in my teens, but it was really only on Reddit um, because you didn't, there were no ceremonial magic books available. And like, I grew up in a small town, you know, you had one witchcraft book at the library and that's (laughs) it. So I read what I could on Reddit and found some free sources online and kind of went down the golden dawn route um, in my later teens. And then I kind of went into paganism for a while. I stopped and had a huge science phase and a Zen Buddhism phase. I had a a family, family friend that was a Tibetan monk for seven years. And then he left the monastery, came back to the US. And then he was kind of my mentor for a while when I was in that Zen Buddhist phase. So that was a pretty impactful time of my life. And then left Buddhism, went back to paganism, then witchcraft, then became a shamanic practitioner. And then I decided in the past five years that really chaos magic is where I need to be because I keep bouncing around and I don't want to be contained and I don't want to be limited. So yeah, I've been doing chaos magic for the last five years or so. Wow. Yeah, that is quite a story for all of us. (laughs) I love it because nothing in that story is anything that I have done. So that's fascinating to me. (laughs) 
it's it's fun though because you really get to I don't know I feel like in trying all these different traditions you really get to see what's the same in all traditions and there seems to be even though we all have these different perceptions on how the universe works there's still kind of some sort of underlying truth like if you look at all religions for example I mean there is this this little underlying piece of truth in all religions even though they're very different on a superficial level so I think it's kind of cool to explore different traditions and figure out what personally resonates for you because obviously we're all very different so yeah I agree with that the the more I look because I'm not into religion any of them um, but the more that I study them and look into them there really are so many similarities at the base of it it's just where it sort of branches off then from there and as it grows then they seem like they're so different but there really are so many commonalities between them that's really fascinating area of study yeah and then you can take it and really get experimental because if you know if you deep dive into psychology let's say I'm a psychology nerd and it's one of my majors right now and so if you deep dive into psychology but then you also deep dive into a different path of spirituality you can kind of marry the two together and really create this I don't know crazy ritual I feel like I'm so deep down the rabbit hole with my rituals that it they look so weird now but in the best way possible so I think it's important to learn many different traditions if possible if you Let's see, this is a this is a question that I always ask, and I don't know that you will be able to answer it. So oh, good. <laughs> do you I usually ask, you know, which is do you have anything, any sort of practices that you do regularly, whether that is daily, weekly, monthly protections, anything like that? Do you have anything that you do regularly or does it change all the time? <laughs> I do not. Well, I do and I don't. So that's such a chaos answer. Um, (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I would say on like on a yearly basis, like to this year in particular, I'm working on very specific projects. And so I will have daily practices or weekly practices that kind of align with what I'm hoping to achieve for this year. Or I'll have servitors that I'm working with this year or different types of, you know, magical entities. And so there is a daily ritual that goes with working with different entities, whether it's gods or goddesses, whether it's servitors, whether it's, you know, whatever. And so in that respect, yes, I do have some sort of a daily practice, but it really does change quarterly um, in alignment with my yearly goals. And then every year it changes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes and no. <laughs> uh, I, I love that answer though, because I think a lot of people um, get stuck, especially when it comes to the wheel of the year that they are sort of like stuck in the idea that they have to do things a certain way at certain times. And that can never change. Mm-hmm. And that might not seasonal, like what everyone else is doing, especially in Wicca might not line up seasonally where you are with what you are doing. And you have to be willing to like sort of adapt and change with that. And I know a lot of people get stuck there. Like this has worked so well for me in the past, but it's not working anymore, but I don't want to abandon it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you resonate with this or not, but I get bored so easily. And I'm sure that's probably my Mars and Gemini, but I really, I need new stimulation constantly. I need to be intellectually challenged. And if I'm not being challenged, I'm bored. And what's the point of living? Not quite to that depressing extreme, but (laughs) really I need to be trying new things all the time. Otherwise I lose my zest for life. I lose my ability to really be effective in my magical practice. I don't know. I think we thrive on newness. Our brain need newness all the time, at least in my experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, I think you learn a lot about the world and about yourself. Uh, if you're willing to 
experience new things and change. I'm terrible with change. So I do not appreciate the newness like you do. That, is, <laughs> that does not come. I mean, I, I understand that definitely. Like I, I think as the seasons change that I sort of have that same idea where I'm like, okay, I need something like new, something to like spark, you know, in my creativity, my zest for life, like absolutely. But like that much newness, I think I would be like, no, put on the brakes. <laughs> you can't do it. Well, you don't have to go to that extreme. I mean, I realize that I am probably more on the extreme end of, of needing change. <laughs> but I think on a fundamental level, we all at least need a little bit, whether it's to shake up your daily routine or to research a new pantheon, if you're into that kind of stuff or whatever it is, just like a little bit of newness, not, not <laughs> crazy. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I think that would be like a good middle ground. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. And by the way, I just wanted to bring this up. Your um, episode on Chaos Magic, I think you did an exceptional job. I mean, I've already told you this, but for anybody listening, okay. I feel like you did a great job. Um, Chaos Magic is so complex and it really gets heady. Uh, like it really does get intellectual because you start getting into ego death and the, the avoidance of dogmatism and all of that. And so it can be almost like you're talking in circles a little bit, especially when you're talking about like deconditioning the mind and brainwashing and all that stuff. So I think you did a great job just talking about the basics of chaos magic and getting people into that. So thank you. We need more people into chaos magic. I, I appreciate that. Cause I was like, I want to cover the basics, but like, there's no basics. <laughs> no <laughs> chaos magic it really it spirals very quickly and chaos magic is probably like the number one where nobody is going to be the same like two wiccans are obviously going to practice very differently but there are some core beliefs there that lend to similarities and they can understand each other pretty well like chaos magicians are so different like you guys are just like yes. piece is just all over and I'm like okay how can I <laughs> condense this and kind of do like a couple of basic principles here to introduce the subject matter but yeah it's I was just like here's all these books that you can go read because it's it spirals so quickly Yes. Yeah. I, it's definitely, I would say more of an advanced practice practice only because there's no guidebook. You really have to kind of just do it and see what happens. And I mean, one of the, there's not, the, when I say principles, it's more like guidelines because Phil Hine wrote a book called condensed chaos, which is amazing. And I always recommend it to beginners. And I think that's one that you might've recommended as well. But, um, so yeah. he goes over six potential principles of chaos magic, which are more like guidelines. But one of the principles is personal experience really taking your own personal experience and shaping your magical practice to be the most efficient that it can be for you. And what's efficient for me is not going to be efficient for someone else because we're all so different. And then there's also, you know, taking diverse approaches and not limiting yourself to one magical tradition. So you can get that bigger perspective and see if there is a potential underlying truth between all these different traditions. So yeah, chaos magicians are very, very different. You are correct. <laughs> It really, it's a fascinating area of study though. So I would say that chaos magic might be for you if you love to, you know, be hands-on and continue your education. If you love to learn and read and study, like that might be the route for you. <laughs> yes, I agree. You have to want, you have to have a thirst <laughs> for knowledge. That's for sure. You have to want to try new things constantly. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's not for people who like consistency. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's why it's like, I'm just going to do like a basics episode. And that's where I did. I like pulled the six principles. I was like, okay, here's like sort of like a generally accepted sort of six principles of chaos magic. But then from there, you're on your own, pal. <laughs> you yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you touched. 
I think you did a great job touching on servitors too, because that's one thing I would really love to see more people utilizing because I love servitors. I use them all the time in my magical practice. And for some reason, they're just not as popular. And I don't understand why, because they're so cool. So I'm glad that you touched on that. And I hope more people go, go into that route of magic. Yeah, I would love to talk about that, actually, because I have gotten a few questions lately. So I don't know if they're becoming more popular, like maybe people are are finding that information now, but I have gotten quite a few questions lately about how that works and if anybody can sort of use them. Um, so I'd love to get into what they are for you. You said you're using one now for your goals for this year, right? Yeah. So I have two servitors. Um, well, I've used many servitors in the past, but I have two long-term servitors that I'm working with currently. So one of them is, I won't you know, give you a whole long spiel and bore anybody about it, but um, one of my servitors guards my property. So he kind of patrols the property and I'm not going to go too deep into what my servitors do or what they look like or what they're called or anything. Cause it's a very, you know, personal thing, you know how that goes, but yeah. um, I have one that patrols my po property for my protection magic routine. And then the other one that I have is a personal servitor that comes with me out and about because I am, I'm really, really sensitive to energy to the point where I get massive anxiety and panic attacks when I'm in crowds. And it's just, it's really difficult for me to be around a lot of humans. It's just how I've always been. And so my servitor um, really helps me with anxiety in those moments and helps cut off the energetic cords that I don't want touching my body. This is a really weird way to explain it but that's the best way that I could probably articulate it to another person. But it's really been helpful for my anxiety and reducing that experience that I have when I'm going out in crowds. And so, yeah, I mean, servitors are super versatile. I am always curious when I drive past houses and they have some sort of statue in front, like by the front doors, I like wonder if they're a chaos magician or like a wish of some sort like do you, <laughs> are you housing a servitor in there <laughs> like I know that that's really common and that's if I you know had a servitor protecting my house like I would definitely have like a little animal statue out front for to, to house it but like I think that every time I see one <laughs> Yes, I love guardian wards. And I don't even know if this is straight chaos magic because I see a, this in witchcraft a lot too. But I actually did a video about guardian wards because I just I love them. I think they're so cool. You just get an item, you enchant it with your intention or you ask an entity to come live in that space like a servitor. And you just have this guardian ward patrolling your property or protecting your room or whatever. I don't know. I think it's awesome. It's like having the magical guard dog or something. Yeah, I think it is too. And I think that's great for people who can't have actual guard dogs. I <laughs> think you can have yes. a little magical ward instead. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're getting questions about servitors though. If you remember any of them in particular, I would be more than happy to try to answer them. <laughs> I usually direct everybody over to your channel. I'm like, okay, if you have like, because I know you've, you've done videos on this topic. Um, oh. So I like always direct everyone. I was like, I was really the you know, expert in sort of this area. And it's really a, a sort of niche area that you have on YouTube. So that's, I think, why your videos are so popular and your channel has grown so much because like nobody else is offering this information. So that's why oh. I was, I'm like, go, go to Ivy. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, thank uh, one, you. <laughs> one I have gotten lately is about creating, creating them and then destroying them. Like, mm how easy is it to accidentally destroy them? Like if you have like your, sort of your, your kill switch in mind and you accidentally think about it, but don't say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Is the service force still okay? 
that's when I got lately. I was like, right. I don't know the answer to that. So I was like, I think so. Got it. Yes. Uh, so if you've done the process properly, I'm just kidding. There's, there's literally no rules to this, <laughs> um, but, but ideally your kill switch or your fatal flaw, as some people call it, whatever you want to call it, when you're creating this for your servitor, you want it to be something that is like a combination of actions and words. That way it's really complex to where you don't accidentally do it. So you don't typically want it to just be a word because then if you accidentally say the word, then yeah, you might be killing your servitor, but um, so typically I'll do something really random. Like I have to hold a banana in my right hand. I have to say this certain word, and then I have to be sitting in this particular yoga pose or something like it's very, very complex that way. There is no possible way that I can accidentally kill my servitor in that moment. And you don't have to make it as ridiculous as me, like holding a banana. Like that's just me being whatever. Um, <laughs> but you can make it like a certain meditation posture and then going into a certain altered state of consciousness like you can do whatever you want for the kill switch but I always recommend to people making it a more complex thing with multiple things in it like a word a position an item that you might be holding something like that which yeah that makes sense to me as well so I think the question was just like I thought about you know everything that I had planned it was because I like thought about it it's like I don't think because you actually like did it or said it Hmm. I think you're you're still okay that was my answer, but it was like, you might oh. want to go to Ivy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that like, say you did just have a word that you were going to speak out loud to kill the servitor. Um, I don't think thinking it would shut off that servitor by any means. I mean, we think thoughts all day long and they don't all come to fruition. <laughs> I mean, right. we'd my, be in big trouble if they did. It, we would be in huge trouble. My universe <laughs> would be so messed up if all the thoughts that I thought actually came true. So I think they're probably okay. <laughs> Um, how long, cause you said you have some long-term ones that you work with. How long have you had them? Is there like a time frame that it needs to just be like enough? Can you have one for your whole life? Yeah. So you can have long-term servitors. And so the one that patrols my property, that's probably the newer one. And I think I've had that one going for about two years now. Um, and I just give regular offerings for, for that one. I really do like once every quarter, as far as offerings go, because it's more of like a situation where it sits in hibernation and only activates when there's a threat. Um, so it's not really a servitor that I need to be giving offerings to it, like every single day or anything like that. But the other one, my personal servitor is kind of weird to answer this question because I've had it for years, but it's had, it's had many different faces and many different purposes over time. And I know some people say that you should never reassign your servitors. You should really just kill them, re- create a new servitor. By the way, I hate the word kill them. Cause that just sounds so morbid. I know. It sounds, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that too. I'm like, Oh, oh. it like bothers me that word. Yeah. I, I like to say send to retirement. You are sending yeah. them to <laughs> retirement. Yeah, sending the energy back. So um, I know people say that you shouldn't reassign your servitors, but I've found great success. I have one servitor that has really been working well for me. And then it just kind of evolves over time. And it used to be a servitor that was um, helping me see the positive side. This is kind of when I went through my, uh, the darkest part of my depression, not to get, you know, too dark or anything here because I'm over that and I'm fine. But (laughs) when I was during that phase of my life, I had this servitor kind of help me find the positives in life. And it was helping me see, uh, you know, the peaks of golden that would come through your day. And the servitor was so effective for me that over time, it's kind of morphed into just helping me with whatever stuff I'm struggling with. And right now it's, you know, the anxiety and crowds because I'm an introvert and sensitive to 
energy. And so, um, yeah, I think that you can have a servitor that you build a good relationship with over time. And then that relationship can evolve and you can reassign it for whatever you want. I mean, again, there's no rules. You just have to do what works. And if it's not working, then try another method, you know, no big deal. Such a chaos magic thing to say. <laughs> no rules, no rules. Like in theory, I love no rules, but in practice, I'm like, please give me guidelines. Like, <laughs> I need somebody to hold my hand. <laughs> no, I get that. I totally, it's not for everybody. And I think, I think there has to be a kind of, uh, I don't know, there has to be a certain personality because I am so... I don't want to say rebellious because I know a lot of witches that enjoy a more structured practice that are also very, very rebellious. I feel like just witches in general, we're all rebels, right? We're rebels from the, the norm. But I feel like I've always just innately, I hated people telling me what to do in any capacity. And it was almost like a big ego thing that I really had to work on because I was like, don't tell me what to do. I'm the only one that knows what's best for me. And as a child, I feel so bad for my mother, you know, because <laughs> you're like not wanting to follow any rules. So there's definitely like a specific personality I feel like that's drawn to to chaos magic yeah and I, I agree like witchcraft in general my mom always said that like, my dad would like tell me to do something or not do something and she's like I don't know why you would tell her because she's just not going to do it now right <laughs> don't say anything at all <laughs> yes witches are rebels I agree <laughs> we are but I love the idea of servitors but I, I like the idea of you know, familiars too, along with that, of just having some other entity kind of to work with yes. and like no spirits and things like that. So what are some of the offerings that you could give to a servitor? Because I think that they differ from what I give to my little house brownie. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it can be, oh gosh, well, it can be a, a literally anything because it depends on what you create your servitor for. It can be an actual item like, um, you know, a little trinket or something that pertains to the intention. Uh, for me, this sounds kind of odd, but I have <laughs> I have creepy gothic dollhouses for my servitors <laughs> and okay they're really cute right I'm not this sounds really bad but I have these dollhouses for my servitors and that's where I house them and that's where they live and so when I'm giving them an offering I buy them a cute new little piece of furniture for their little dollhouse <laughs> or oh you know something God. like that <laughs> I know <laughs> I know it's, it's very insane, but, um, no, anyway. that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you think so, but <laughs> yeah, it can be a little item. It can also be an act of service. They can also feed off of your good energy. So like if you have a servitor that you have created to help you get a job or whatever, every time that you complete a job application, they can feed off of that energy. And even that can be an offering to them because they're helping you, but you're also helping them, right? You're like doing the things in the mundane world that you need to do in order for the servitor to be successful. So they can feed off energy items, you know, acts of service. It can be literally anything. Well, that is fascinating. I I love learning about, you know, the different options that you have. And I know that people are getting more into this topic. I can just sort of gauge where people's interest is going to based on the questions that I get, because I've been doing this podcast for a while. So questions obviously change over the years. And uh, there's like certain times that I will just like get an influx of a certain type of question. And right now it's servitors and chaos magic. So I think that is just like, I don't know how it, it the, the algorithm changes and, and people find these things, but it is for some reason on the rise in the past couple of months. 
Interesting. I mean, I know there was a rise in the 90s. And so I'm wondering if that rises. I feel like it kind of fluctuates. It's like a wave, you know, where oh, people yeah. are riding the wave and they're super interested. And then five years from now, they won't care anymore. And then <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep, yep. It's so true. It seemed with Wicca that like there's ebbs and flows to how many people are interested in the Wiccan religion. Uh, I can just tell, like, I don't know if it's like seasonally, like based on the time of year or like different years or different topics, mm -hmm. but I can just, I just can tell because I will get an influx of the same type of question. And that's sort of how I decide what um, topic I'm going to cover on the podcast. Next, so. Yeah. That's so interesting. You say that because I have definitely noticed because I, I practice a lot of different things, obviously, but my channel has now been dominated by, I do a lot of witchcraft and a lot of chaos magic videos because those are the videos that people want to see which is funny because I think I only have one shamanic video that I've ever made even though I, I've been a shamanic practitioner for a while and um, I, I mean I hardly have any paganism videos even though that's a huge part of my life so I, I think I have like one psychic video maybe there's all these other things that I'm doing in my daily life that I don't make videos about because chaos magic and witchcraft is so popular and that's what people want to see so I'm like all right I can do that I can be the chaos magic witchcraft <laughs> that's fine <laughs> I think it's very much um energy focused lately a lot about energy about sort of anxiety stress relief dealing with like the outside world and how like witchcraft can help with that and I think chaos magic really lends itself to that as well like a positive way of just things are out of control and chaos magic sort of goes with that like despite the name, it gives you your own sense of control because you are really in the driver's seat of your practice and what you're doing from day to day when it comes to chaos magic. So I think that's what it is. Like the world, outside world is out of control. Like there is just, yeah. and people, people need to feel some sort of semblance of control in their life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And even, even in the occult sphere, I see people moving away from Wicca. There's still a lot of people that practice Wicca and I have friends that are Wiccans, um, but I see people moving away from Wicca to more eclectic witchcraft. And then I see people moving from eclectic witchcraft to chaos magic and starting to explore other forms of um, magic in the occult communities. And I think that like the further we get away from structure, the more chaos magic is appealing. And so we went through this, you know, decade or a couple decades of having heavily structured magical practices, which nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and now we're moving to this more freedom and eclecticism. And I think that people are just really drawn to the chaos magic idea because it really does give you this ability to be free, to, to be your own person, to make your own decisions. So I totally agree with you. I think that goes with the time and culture and, you know, Gen Z is very, if it's not suiting my mental health, I'm not spending 30 seconds on it. <laughs> you know, like, forget this then. Like if this job isn't suiting me, I'm bouncing to the next one, you know, and they're very like protective of like their, their boundaries and their mental health, which is wonderful. I'm a millennial. We don't do that. So Yes, like, uh, same. <laughs> so um, I admire Gen Z very much for that. And so I think that's like part of that push is that it's like, well, I want to work on energy and chaos magic and be in control. And I want to be able to ditch it if it's not working for me. Like I, I'm moving on. <laughs> I value my mental health. I go to therapy, all of those good things that us millennials don't do. Yes. I love that. You just brought up a whole nother, my brain just split into three different avenues and I'm like, oh my gosh, which one do I want to go down? But I think, um, <laughs> I think looking into uh, generation 
generational astrology is so interesting for that exact reason, because us millennials, I mean, I'm a millennial as well. Our generation was all about looking at what's dead and decaying and saying, hey, this isn't really working any longer. <laughs> but we didn't really have the ability to take action yet. Whereas Gen Z, that generation is really starting to take action to reform things and saying, you know what? No, this is I'm not OK with this. I'm standing up and actually speaking out now. And then we have Gen Alpha coming up, which is supposed to be, I don't know, this is supposed in bunny quotes or air quotes or whatever, supposed to reform everything and actually create a completely new structure from the devastation of the millennials and the Gen Zers <laughs> that we have totally deconstructed everything. And then Gen Alpha is supposed to come and kind of reconstruct everything. So I just think that's really interesting what you said. Yeah, I find it fascinating too. And I'm I'm excited to see what Gen Alpha has to offer. I mean, I appreciate the changes and I appreciate everything that, you know, Gen Z is doing. I think they've done a lot of good for us millennials too. Yes. I know people like to, to hate on them, but I'm like, you know what? You've got to give them more credit, credit where credit is due. Like they've done a lot of good work for us. We have benefited. Yes, I agree. I am all for down with the system, obviously. <laughs> I'm so anti-rules. Let's do it. Let's tear it all down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I I like where, you know, things are heading, but it's nice that they are taking more sort of control over that and over their lives. And I'm glad that witchcraft and chaos magic are a part of it. Like that's really good. I'm not it doesn't surprise me though. I'm like, yes, this is naturally what you would find. Yes, definitely. And maybe that's why we see the rise in interest in chaos magic. I don't know, because you're right with this Gen Z, the the whole energy that's coming through is to anti everything and kind of like tears down structures that aren't working any longer. And I feel like that's such a chaos magic thing. So yeah. Well, I want to, before we run out of time here, I just want to thank you for coming on and chatting about your practice and opening up the world. I know that I have mentioned your YouTube video as a great resource before, but I also know that a lot of my listeners have been here like since the beginning and maybe don't know all of the new resources that have come up since then. And your YouTube channel is one of them. So I'm glad that you were here Aww. to chat today all about that. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was so fun. It was such a fun conversation to just chat with you and see where the conversation goes. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, thank you. That is my favorite thing to do. And listeners, as always, I will have everything linked in the show notes over at whichwednesdays.com so you can find all of these chaos magic videos and more to come because I feel like, I mean, I've been watching your channel and know everything you've talked about and I'm like, yeah, there's, there's more, <laughs> like I can think of so many like more things that you, I just know that you're going to do videos on. So I am very excited. And you, like you said, you offer a lot of witchcraft stuff, like your space, your beautiful witchy space overhaul was gorgeous. I'm going to have that oh. video linked in particular because that's just beautiful. You're like, your green walls are life, everything. <laughs> Thank you. That was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but yeah, I like how it turned out. Thank you. That, that <laughs> space. I'm so proud of you. So I'll definitely have that video linked in particular, but yeah, you share like all kinds of like great hauls and spells and all kinds of stuff. So I will have everything linked so everybody can come check it out. Thank you, Steph. I appreciate you. <laughs> That is everything that I have for this week, and I will see you guys next week. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.